we've said this before. This is a conversation that needs to be had. And we will obviously find a lot of folks who will think that it's not necessary. It's not a necessary conversation to have because, again, the issue of race within Latin America can always be swept under the rugs. Oh, yeah. You Absolutely. Know. Those things that it's underlying, yes. but it's lying very heavy. And um, people just don't bring it forward. They don't bring it to the light. And I, in my opinion, one, because I think they're embarrassed. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, ah, and, and it does show a little bit, at least in, in my opinion, it does show a little bit of racism. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, I think people don't want to be depicted in that light. Oh, I'm not yeah. racist. You're not right. racist, but would you eat out of the same plate? Right. Right. From someone who you consider is not the same as you or that they shouldn't be because they're that way. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I think it's a topic that does need to be brought to the light. Yeah, and, and part of the reason people reject the label of racist is because people associate racism with being a bad person and no one wants to be a bad person. The problem is that in doing so, people fail to recognize that you can have the best of intentions while being racist. Because, because racism is one of those things that is learned. So you're not, you're not born racist. You know, it's, it's a learned conduct. It's a learned behavior. And the specifics of racism sometimes are things that are taken for granted so much so that you don't see anything wrong with it. Right. I remember people telling me, but like, you know, we don't mean anything by that. I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, calling you this or saying this to you, we're just playing around. Right. And, and, and this is when I come back and tell them, okay, so if I tell you that this is not how I see it, if I tell you that it is offensive to me, then why do you insist on saying it or doing it? Because it doesn't matter how you feel about it. It's how I feel about it because I am the only the person. Exactly. On the other end of it. Right. So you should respect that. Right. And, and just move on. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. But don't tell me it's nothing because you don't mean nothing by that. Right. Do you know? I so, say it out of endearment. Right. You know. Or because I know you and you know that I don't, you know that I don't, I don't feel really this way. Right. <laughs> it, right. You know, I remember like in early psychology classes, a professor said that when you go to a carnival, when you go to any party where there's disguises and things like that, most people wear the clothing or the disguise that they would like to be in real life. <laughs> and, and, and it's not, it's not, it's a subconscious thing. Maybe it's not necessarily because that's the way they feel. But if it comes to your mind to think about when I go to this, to this costume party, I'm going to wear this, this and that, or I'm going to be this, this, this and that. It's because deep inside, in, in your subconscious, you, you, you would like to be that. Exactly. And so, 
<laughs> and so the things that we say sometimes, even though the first thing that comes to mind is, well, you know, I don't mean that. Or even you yourself say, of course, I'm, I don't mean that. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah you, you do. do. Because for the simple matter that it entered your mind, I don't know. I just feel that they, it is a subconscious thing. Yeah. Sometimes we can't control the subconscious mind. And if they're, like you said, dressing up in a certain way, it's because subconsciously that's what they want to feel like or what they want to look like or what they want to do. And sometimes they're not even aware of it. Yeah, exactly. So when they call us these things or when they say these words or when they, you know, behave a certain way, subconsciously, I think it's a lack of knowledge. They're, they're, they're ignorant, for lack yes. of a better word. Yes, yes. It, it, it's ignorance. And when they are called out on on a behavior that is racist, they become more defensive and tell you, but like, you know, and one of my pet peeves about people defending themselves as not being racist is by telling you, you know, my friends are black. You right. know, I have black people in my family. How could you say that about me? And what they fail to understand is that it's not having people in your family or people that you're close to that makes you non-racist. Because a serial killer, a murderer, can have family that they love, that they would never hurt. <laughs> you know, you know, that doesn't mean that they're not going to go out there and find somebody and fucking kill them. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right, right. But but, but your attitude towards your family, it, the, the light in which you see a family member, perhaps, is never going to be the same as you see the rest of the world. The outsider, yeah. You it's know? Not. So the notion that I can't be racist, I can't be, you know, prejudiced because I have such and such people in my family... Right. is absolute fucking nonsense and it is a classic cop out. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The phrase that it just gets under my skin. No mi mejor amigo era era negro, my best friend. Yeah. Black yeah. person. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So how I mean, what is that supposed to mean to me? Exactly. That, that's receiving that type of information, you know. And the fact oh. of the matter is saying it is just really your card. Like saying it is just the card that being friends with that person at some point told you that it looked cool and it made you made you look good. And it's always going to serve as a defense card for you whenever you should be accused of being racist of race or or having right. racist attitude right. as long as you can say what what can you do you know that my my best you know my best friend is or was black you know mm -hmm. and and at the end of the day that doesn't mean absolutely nothing anything. it doesn't give you a pass yeah nothing it does at not all. give you a pass so what we decided to do today is to talk about the intricacies of Afrocentrism in Latin America. Because the main reason we, we call 
this podcast behind the ears is because in Latin America, there's no escaping the fact that Black people are there to stay and we there. <laughs> you know. But at the same time, one small escape from that reality for a lot of people that aren't Black is just to try to erase a Black identity. You mm. can identify as anything culturally in Latin America, and you're good, yeah? Except, Except identifying as an Afrocentric person. Mm -hmm. You are, if you, if you notice, for instance, the countries in Latin America that have a practice of African religions, uh, let's talk mainly about Brazil and Cuba. These are the people that have been authorized their entire existence right. because the religion that was forced upon us dictates that if you practice your African religions, if you worship and if you observe those African traditions, then you're still a savage. Mm -hmm. You're not evangelized. Right. And because you are not evangelized, then we are not going to accept you. You are not acceptable into the society that we are trying to build. Right. So this was a way in which people of African descent in Latin America embraced that denialism. And some people of African descent were very smart about it. And the way they decided to do is that, oh, do you want to push your saints and your gods and your imagery onto me? I will adopt these motherfuckers, but I'll still name them after my African gods, which mm. is where we, <laughs> you got, mm. you know, a bunch of Catholic saints with a bunch of African deities' names. Right. And you have all of these rituals that are performed almost as if they were Catholic. Right. or Christian. Very close to them, yes. But with an undertone mm -hmm. of, of voodooism mm -hmm. in, in all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And so that translates also into the way, as Black people in Latin America, we were educated. Because we grew up with grandmothers and great-grandparents who had embraced the whole idea that in order for you to be a member of this society, you have to do your best to stay away from anything that is objectively and openly Black. Right. So if you're a little girl, as soon as you turn 10 years or 11 years old, what the first thing you do? That hair. <laughs> I mean, am I right? You are absolutely right. You are absolutely right. And, and so that hair has to become, uh, you know, what is it that they call it? A hot comb. comb. A yes. hot comb. Oh, el de rizado. El de rizado, a hot comb. Let me see. I got, I was 13 when I got my first de rizado. I was 13. And it, 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 for me as a little girl, it was a totally different ball game. It was like, oh my God, my hair is straight, you know? And... Yeah. It was different, but it it was uh, almost like a ritual. When you get to a certain age, we will straighten that hair. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a rite of passage, isn't it? You know, 
and so and so that for for little girls, it's all about trying to get as close as possible to the European beauty standard as you can. You know, mm-hmm. I remember you know when I when when I was a, a teenager, you know, contact lenses became available, you know, widely available to people, and like. I would go to school and and most of my friends had like different colors of eyes. All of a sudden, I'm like, what the fuck mm. is going on? Mm. You know? And it was like, yeah, man. Se puso, se puso lentes de contacto. Mm. You know what I mean? And it was and all that, like, that hit close to home. That does hit close to home. Because I ain't gonna lie, I had blue eyes. You did? <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> I had blue eyes with blonde hair. You oh know? my lord! Oh my yeah, lord! Yeah, I did straight, straight blonde hair. My goodness! And but I had I, some blue eyes. I want to see that. I'm going to show you a picture. And I was like, it, it totally transformed my look, and it was almost like it was giving me permission. Yes. Yes. To move into another category. Put me that way. You, you are absolutely right. And so for me, these kind of things were somewhat a bit shocking because, as uh, as you know, I, I was born in Haiti, moved to the Dominican Republic when I was 11 years old. And so for all intents and purposes, you know, Haiti is a black country. Yeah, mm-hmm. Haiti is a majority black country. And so we do have colorism. Of course we do. Because colorism is part of an inheritance of slavery, so we do. I mean, I I can't, I couldn't, I understood people with lighter skin were looked at a slightly more favorable way, and you know, little girls and young women were always on the look for a a dude with a type of hair or a type of skin color so that they could have prettier babies and shit like adelantar la raza. I mean, colorism does exist in every country in Latin America. Yeah. But but the the whole idea of we are not black, the we are not black situation, I had never heard. Right? There, there's a there's a current in Haiti that embraces voodooism as you know part of a mainstream religion in Haiti. And um and in Cuba too, because they have a Santeria in Cuba. Yeah, Santeria, exactamente. And so that wasn't ever a problem, but upon my move to another country, I realized there is a decided effort on the part of people young and old to be categorized not only as not black or other, but rather, no, we are white. Because, as I said on our first episode, the question of blackness wasn't an issue of this is the color of your skin, but rather, as long as your skin is darker than mine, then I'm white. Right. And you're black. Right. Espérate, yo no soy tan prieto. Right. Right. Yo no soy, pero, pero yo no soy, no, yo estoy quemadito, pero yo no soy tan, de hecho, si yo fuera, si yo me fuera, me pasara un invierno en Nueva York, yo regreso blanco. Oh, sí, 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 sí. Did you, I, have you not ever heard that? Oh, I've heard that. Quite a few times, I've heard that. And so, it, it was like, okay, so what is going on here? And so, learning history is an important thing, Mars, oh because. God, it's, it's, it's essential. It, 
Yes. It was through history that I became a bit more forgiving because I understood the context behind the entire idea of anti-blackness. Mm. And we could go into that on another episode. You know, the efforts of a president slash dictator in the Dominican Republic named Rafael Leonidas Trujillo Molina, yes. who was a fascist, a racist, and had the black behind the, behind his ears because what? his grandmother was Haitian, but yet he hated, hated, hated blackness and everything Haitian. And um, throughout his reign, he promoted even a history of anti-blackness to the point where people viewed it as completely normal yeah. to deny, to deny their their blackness because it's it's just a question of denialism it's right. not something that you can wash off no <laughs> you know no it, it's not something you can wash off but you can deny it all, all you want I mean, right. you tell a lie for so many years that you at the end of the day you wind up believing right you know it's like you say people they they ingrain this in their children in their offspring and you know it back to the beginning of the conversation where it's subconscious. It's like, yeah. oh, but they learned that behavior. That was yeah. definitely learned because yes. you're not born with it. You're not born with it. This denial of the blackness. And I could say I have, I may have fallen a victim too because, of course, we all you know, I'm like, okay, well, maybe if I was a little bit lighter, this would, this would turn this way or this would shift this way. Absolutely. And it's it's and 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 I think everybody experiences that every black person maybe could experience yes. I, I definitely felt it in my family. Yes. You know, yes. I, I definitely felt it. I heard that phrase several times, you know. I que adelantar la raza. I que adelantar la raza. You know, I can refinar in, in the Dominican Republic they literally say I can refinar la raza, refinar. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So you had two situations, at least that I could observe, and, and you tell me what your experience was. So I started to observe, and again, I was young, but again, I, I, it always was a point of observation for me. You had two different types of, of behavior toward race. You had the people who felt that if they had Black in their family, you had the grandmothers, the uncles, the aunts, that if they had black nephews and nieces or grandkids, they gained some kind of status and credit because they had a daughter or son that actually married into another race and that made them more human and uh, more, more accepting and more pious. Yeah. And they flaunted that. Mm. They flaunted that. But there's always a pero. Son morenitos, pero son bien hortados. Parecen muñequitos. Sí, son unos negritos bien educados y blah, blah, blah. And, and it was always the pero. Yeah, my daughter married a black guy, but mi hija se casó con un morenito, pero este señor es doctor en filosofía oh. y blah, blah, blah. Y, y sus Padres están en Nueva York and y habla el inglés como si fuera, you know. So, so you had those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And then you had those people who literally 
wanted nothing to do with being black or having black people mm-hmm. in their family. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen that. So this is where for me, I am ever so surprised every day here in the United States and when I've been through Europe that a lot of people that in their country wouldn't even come close to admitting being black are embracing Afrocentrism to a point where I'm like, is this real? They, they are more than anybody else. <laughs> are, are we like, what is this? Do you know what I mean? They come here and all of a sudden is, yo, I got an Afro. I've got dreadlocks and I only listen to black music and blah, 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 blah. And boom, boom. And they post all these pictures on Instagram and Afro here, Afro this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and the power pick and and all of that. And I'm like, in your country, you can't bring yourself to say you're black. Where is this coming from? Right, right, right. It's funny you say that because I was having a conversation with um, a known person, you know, and I asked the person, I said, so you are from the Dominican Republic. Uh, What do you consider yourself? Oh, boy. And they they really had to think about it. I said, is it that difficult? (laughs) Yeah, it was it was. It was to the point where it was almost painful for them to admit, yeah. you know. And I said, "But what if you had to? If you had a line that was black line and white line, which one would you go into?" Well, really, that doesn't apply to me. But here, ah, uh, well, uh, here I'm dark. You know, I'm just, I'm, dark. I'm just a little darker than, than you know. I'm just dark. I, I would, I guess, I guess I would go to the black line, but I, I guess, said, no, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> and then I said, but in your, in your country, would you say you're black? Well, we don't use black. We're, we don't use black. <laughs> we don't use black. That's what, and I was just so taken aback by that. I'm like, you look black to me, but I mean, and you look black to me in your country too. Yeah. You yeah. know? And I said, so what do you consider yourself in your country? Well, there's really no black and white. We're all one race. No, like, no, no. Why is it so difficult for them to accept that or for them to admit what they truly are? Because the way I see it, your hair is just as nappy as mine. Just yep. because you put a little bit more gel in it than I do, it yep. still doesn't make you, you know, pelo lacio. Mm. No, but mm. yo tengo onda. No, no. <laughs> eso no son onda. Eso son pasa. If you ask me, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. No, no. Bueno, nosotros somos mulato. Oh, but, mulato. But, but, but mulato's not a race, bro. Mulato's mulato, not a race. It's not a race. So, no. yeah, I have encountered that numerous times. Numerous yeah. times. To the point where they've even told me, well, you're not black. Yeah, but wait, exactly. what? And they think that once they add the ito to it, that's it. Like I've have people say, but tú eres morenito. Yeah. Morenito, pero así negro, negro. I mean, negro. Because again, it's all about how pronounced the darkness of your skin. Because if you are, you know, indiecito, indiecito oscuro, like, First of all, I'm not Indiacito. I have no Taino 
<laughs> you right, know, right. 23 and me tells me that I am 97% black. <laughs> African. African. You, you can't deny it. Okay. So, but then, <laughs> you know, you have people of Latin descent that take the test and they are 51, 53, 57% African, yet they are still telling you, yeah, yeah, soy negro. Mm -mm. No, yo, yo no, no soy negro porque uh, uh, 23 and me me dice que yo tengo familia en Andalucía. But it does say that you have family in Nigeria too. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> and Thank the Bantu so people, that, that's not registering because <laughs> hashtag yo no soy negro, yo no soy right. negro, yo no soy negro. Right. But yet, but yet the moment that they find themselves outside of the country they embrace this afrocentrism they because it's black. cool because it's cool because me gustan los morenos raperos or i'm going to imitate them and don't let me get started with how much <laughs> they exploit the arts for their mm. own benefit right. while denying being black right right okay right because that's a co even a completely different topic. Right. Latin American artists who identify as white or at least not black have no problem embracing black arts, black rhythm, black music to make culture? a fortune, right. culture, to make mm -hmm. an absolute fortune while not representing anything that is black. Right. They capitalize on it. Yes. They take advantage of it. I call it taking advantage of it because they're only associating themselves with it for a purpose and a reason, not yes. because they truly identify with it. Yeah. Yeah. So in the Dominican Republic, I'm going to give you some, some examples. And if you are watching or listening to this podcast and, and you think, oh, this guy is always speaking on them. No, it's because this is... I can only I can only talk mostly about my experience, and Dominican Republic is where I grew up, is where the majority of my observations of this issue of race and color uh, comes to play. And you have regions in the Dominican Republic, the concentrations of sugarcane on different parts of the island. Where wherever you have former sugarcane plantations, you have a lot of people of either island, uh, mm -hmm. British island descent or Haitian, which mm -hmm. is why you have a lot of Richardson and Johnson and Kelly in some parts of the Dominican Republic, you know, horse fords and this and that. Mm -hmm. And then you have a lot of Jean-Jean, Jean-Pierre, Jean-Louis, Jean, -Louis, Jean, mm -hmm. Jean whatever, right? And so these are people that, you know, migrated to the Dominican Republic to cut the sugarcane plantations and stuff like that. So those areas are called... Batey, Bateyes. And in the Bateyes, those cultures, you have the Guloya culture that is very, very prominent in San Pedro and La Romana. What are the Guloyas? The Guloyas are dances, carnival dances, that the people from the British Isles brought with them to Samana, San Pedro, La Romana. And the, those are African rituals, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. Yeah, and the whole idea of them called guloya in the Dominican, the guloya, it's because the dance itself was a reenactment of the fight between David and Goliath. So mm. they're hence guloya, los guloyas. 
<laughs> yeah, David and Goliath, Goliath. And on the Haitian side, then we have the Rara, which in the Dominicans they can pronounce Rara, so they say Gaga, El Gaga. <laughs> the, Haitians have, the Haitians have Gaga, and the Guloyas, the Cocolos, as they call them. Oh. The Cocolos have uh, Guloya. Yeah, Cocolos. Yeah. And so the Cocolos, and the reason they call them Cocolos is because here's the funny thing everything gets de deconstructed, right? So mm -hmm. most, of the, most of the English speaking blacks that migrated to the Dominican Republic came from the Tortola Islands. Mm -hmm. So they were called Los Tortolos. And from Tortolos, it See, became Cocolos. Thing. Los Cocolos. And then their dance, their carnival dance, from the dance of David and Goliath to Los Guloyas. Yeah? Wow. <laughs> I See, that, you just fooled me on something. I didn't know that. But I do tell you this. I used to use the word Cocolo heavily. Yeah? Heavily. Yeah. You know? And I figured, well, I can use it because I am black. You know? And that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but I didn't know the history of Los how that came about. And so so all of these things have been embraced by as as part of Dominican cultures, pure and simple. But but like but the dances and the, the, the costumes and everything, they're completely proud of that. And they go and they have tourism and take pictures in carnival and blah blah blah. For that purpose, it is perfectly embraceable. Mm -hmm. Do you see what I mean? But still, still, no one will admit to be black. Right, right. You know, um, the major uh, exposure of the rhythm of bachata from the Dominican oh. Republic is the Mr. Juan Luis Guerra. Yeah, right. Juan Luis Guerra took bachata to a completely international Different level. level. Yeah? Yeah. But no Dominican will tell you that bachata is African music. Right, which it is. <laughs> no Dominican will admit that bachata is African music. And like, okay? in the Congos, in in the Democratic Republic of Congo, in Benin, in in a lot of these countries, there are rhythms that are played exactly like that. The same guitar riffs, the same rhythm, everything. Mm -hmm. The percussion, yeah? the same. Mm -hmm. And get this. Bachata was born in the cabarets, in the yeah. batelles. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It was the, the rhythm, the music of poor people who can right. only afford one or two guitars. Because being a right. trio, you needed three guitars to have a trio. Right, right, right. Meanwhile, right. if you had a, cong a, a bongo and one guitar and a second guitar, you could make something out of this. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? And so now the black music of the Dominican Republic, Bachata, gets a guy who graduated <laughs> music from Harvard, mm -hmm. you know, and takes that music and classifies it a bit. Yeah. yeah. And then it becomes international. Spruces it up. Yes. And now it's become an international something. sensation. The same goes for Colombia. Who's the, the bastion? of Bayonato in, in, in Colombia. Carlos Vives, mm. my dude is white. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's that they have no problem exploiting the culture. Yes. But they stay mm. white. 
but they stay white. <laughs> they stay white. They're they're yeah yeah they're whitewashed. <laughs> you know. And then it's become nuestra música, nuestro merengue, nuestra bachata, nuestro 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 nuestro. <laughs> so long as we don't have to give credit to the black ass people that fucking created. Right. And so. This is what what I'm talking about. This is what this embrace of everything that we came up with. And I mean, you know that the same could could be said for the United States of America, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, there is no music. There is no art that are representative of the U.S. that didn't come from black people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Simple as that. Those melodies and those rhythms and... All of that and blues, be. rock and roll, and and Absolutely. blues, and like yeah. those stories. Oh. The blues are stories that yes, you know they they made into they gave it a melody, and those those tonalities and those rhythms they were actually used as codes, you know, yes. to alert each other, and then they took them and made them into something you know entertaining. And they adopted it as their own. But those rhythms and those beats and those uh, methods and melodies, those were, I mean, from Black people, yeah. used as almost like defense mechanisms to alert each other as to, hey, come this way. And they would listen to the sound of the beat mm -hmm. of whatever, whether they had a drum or didn't have a drum or used to beat on a on a bark of a tree or whatever and make those sounds yep. in order to guide themselves. And yep. then they take that music and they, oh no, no, this, 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 this is American music. This is American music. American. Oh no, I just changed the lyrics or I put a little snazziness in it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's us. That's indicative of us. <laughs> yes, yes. The thing is that a lot of folks don't, don't realize that. They won't tell you that. A lot of people of, of Black descent in Latin America don't even don't even know what's theirs, you know. Yeah, they can't own it. They can't own the, it. The, the Garifunas in, in Honduras oh. don't know that Sopa de Caracol, <laughs> some of, you know, some of those people don't know. Right. You know, Punta, Punta mm -hmm. is your music, right. you know. The, the ignorance whole... is, is, oh my God. And so I, I wanted to talk about this because for me, I've, I've been black for 48 years now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And me 50 plus. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so blackness is not something I discovered here. And if you have come to the U.S., if you have migrated to Spain or anywhere else in Europe and you've decided I can't be black here and I'm going to embrace blackness, good for you. But when you go back to your country, be as proud of your blackness as you are when you are outside of your country. Right. Be as proud of your blackness as you are here in the U.S., as you are in Spain, as you are in France, as you are in Germany. Right. Because it's it is what you are, it is who it is. you are. It is who you are. Yeah. It is I, it is quien eres, it is lo que eres. Right. Nadie puede cambiar eso. Nadie, Nadie debería de decirte lo contrario. Right, right. You know? And 
And even me as a personal acknowledgement to myself, I feel blacker now than I've ever felt in my life. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because I've had to battle that, that, you know, line. I've had to battle that. And now I'm at a point where I am black and I'm proud. That's yeah, it. I'm Cuban, but I'm black first. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's I'm black first. Because the, the fact of the matter is, you have to tell people you're Cuban. Yes. But when they see you, the, when they see you, they see a black person. Just so I'm saying, but of course you are black first. Exactly. That's that's the entire thing. It's the same thing that we were talking about on our first episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they won't even give us the credit that maybe they should come across and ask us, Señor, habla usted español. Señora, habla usted español. Because the first thing they see is your blackness. Is my blackness. It's Do you see blackness. what I'm saying? I see it. I see so, it. I had an experience the other day. Yes. I had an experience the other day where the person was struggling, you know. Yes. She, I mean, they, they were like, how do I get my point across? Didn't yes. even cross her mind once to no. ask. Habla español. Or, and I would have even been offended if she would have said, without even addressing me first. Exactly, exactly. You know, without even addressing me first. Exactly. So, yes, I am Black first, and I am Cuban second, but what gives you the right to disregard that I speak Spanish because of my Blackness? Yes, yes. And, 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 and as much as they will tell you, no, no, era por eso. That is, that's exactly what it is. That's, what that's exactly what it is. Okay, so, you know, at work, I remember this person coming to the desk and they wanted to ask about a flight. He approached me and started in English, right? Mm-hmm. I could see that he was struggling, but he was, he was going to be able to make his point, to right. get his point across. Right. But my partner at, at, at that job was sitting next to me and he is obviously visibly Latino, whatever mm-hmm. that means. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my dude is talking to me. He's talking to me, but he is elongating his neck to see if he can get my partner's attention. So he can jump in. <laughs> so he can actually. And then I'm like, well, what do you need? He said, I'm trying to get him. Like, he, 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 he speaks Spanish. And I'm like, me too. <laughs> You know? I can't. I can't. Yeah, 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 and and yeah. then the, the 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 look of, are you kidding me? Or are you lying? Or mm. for real? Or how much Spanish yeah. do you speak? Or where did you learn it? Are you serious? You yeah. get that look. Yeah. You know, as I, I get that look. It's like people, they have a hard time believing it. <laughs> they don't understand. <laughs> but because they they have an image in their head, I need to get his attention. Yeah. He can help me better than you because we can communicate better. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And a lot of people, a lot of people will ask me, well, if there are so many black people in Latin America, why do we see so many Latinos that are not black and not enough Latinos that are that are black in migrating to the United States? And I'm like, well, there's two things. Is that much in the same way that extreme poverty exists here for the majority of minorities, is the same thing in Latin America. Because in Latin America, Black people became independent, but with no properties to their name, and without an education, 
Mm-hmm. And so the struggle continued. And so in Latin America, for you to migrate to the U.S., you need to have something to your name to go and request a visa. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to make to 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 get a passport done, to have a property on your name, to have like yeah. Sometimes you you need to have some money, even for that. Right. So what do you think happens? How come when you go to Brazil, the majority of the favelas are full of black people? Are black. Right. Yeah. When we go when you go to Cali, Medellin, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, what are the people that live in, in in extreme poverty? Black people. Yeah? The majority of campesinos in, in Oriente are what? In Cuba? Black, Black people. people. So the people who have been able to get made, to get out and come here and pretend to be white, they they are somewhat privileged back in their country, even if they were poor enough to migrate. Right. But compared to a person that is black over there, they still had more. Right. They it's did. the same dynamic. Mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm. same dynamic. Now, yep. you have those who are people of color that come here and pretend that never happened. You know, I'm not black, I'm the Dominican. Right. I'm not black, I'm Puerto Rican. Right. You know. Right. But. No, 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 Yeah. It's, it's, it's so I think the message here is this. We, we don't mind you embracing Afrocentrism, but give credit to where credit is due. Absolutely. And it cannot be an act. You cannot come here and pretend to be all about blackness and all about darkness of skin, all about the Afro, all about the, all of that the culture and then the culture stay behind the moment you get out of your, you come down off a plane in your airport. Oh, right. It needs to be genuine. Yes. You know, and, and that's, that's something that it's not. And it's unfortunate right now that they're actually participating or behaving in this type of way, because why are you on the fence? One time, you know, you're here and you're black and you're back in your country and you don't, you won't have nothing to do with it. So it's like, oh, no, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this for a long time, even before I met you and, and we, we came up with this idea. I remember that there is this girl, I think she she is some kind of artist, re- reggaeton, reggae, dembo singer or whatever, you know, she's one of those vixens. Mm-hmm. Her name is Amara La Negra. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Amara La Negra. Yeah. <laughs> And I remember she was on some kind of. Oh, she was on Love and Hip Hop, but she got her big break on Sabado Gigante. Yes. She was a little girl, but she she went to Love and Hip Hop. She started in Love and Hip Hop. When she was on Love and Hip Hop, I remember reading a ton, but I'm talking about the most hateful comments about her. Mm-hmm. For being black and for her behavior as a representative of the Dominican Republic, like you can't represent us, blah 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 blah, because yeah. And I was absolutely floored that most of the comments there were more about 
because you're black. Right. <laughs> right. Because you're ugly. Because right. you're black. Because you're ugly. Because you're black. Because mm-hmm. you're black. Because mm-hmm. you're black. Mm-hmm. And I was, I'm like, what yeah. in yeah. the actual it, it, fuck is this? Right. right. It was overwhelming. Yes. So much so girl, that they were giving her popularity. <laughs> yes. And this girl has embraced Afrocentrism. Yeah. Yeah. And when she goes to the Dominican Republic, that doesn't change. She's still a Maralanera. She still is. She still is, I think. And that's where all the hatred is coming from. Is Dominican and her father is from Honduras or something like that, or vice versa. But when she goes to her country, she is who she is. Yes. She doesn't yes. waver from that. Yes. You know, yes. she's firm with it. She doesn't toggle yes. with uh, the back and forth. Yeah. yeah. She is true to what she is, which is, and, and, and I hate to even say that's commendable because that's the way it should be. <laughs> That's the way it should be, exactly. That's the way it should be. There's nothing commendable about being yourself. Right. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it broke my heart. But also, I remember one of the reasons I talked about Gaga and and Guloya and stuff like that is there was a controversy because most most of these rituals and dances and stuff, they happen, you know, during Quaresma, during Mm -hmm. Lent Mm -hmm. and you know, right. towards towards the Easter weeks and whatever. Religious, yeah. mm-hmm. And I think I, re- I remember reading about some controversy uh, where so- certain parts of the Dominican Republic were thinking about forbidding the representation of Gaga. And, you know, there was a hashtag, Todos Somos Gaga, because the, the few people in the Dominican Republic that have embraced Afrocentrism were against that. But the whole idea was because Gaga has a a voodoo connotation mm, to it. Mm. Yeah, it's not something that we want. Do right. you know what I mean? Right. Um, there's uh, those Juegos Panamericanos. I remember some guy who is of Haitian descent, last name Jean or something like that, and also a girl too, were receiving a lot of flack for participating in Juegos Panamericanos, mm-hmm. representing the Dominican Republic. Right. Because they are Black yeah. and of Haitian descent. Right. right. But the thing is, that has happened forever. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? There's a lot of dark-skinned Dominicans that have represented the Dominican Republic in the Major League Baseball and blah, blah, blah. And, oh, they may have a last name, Alcantara and, and, and Rodriguez and shit, but these are people whose great-grandparents, grandparents were as Haitian as I am, Moved to the Dominican Republic, <laughs> bought themselves a cedula from some dead person, <laughs> and adopted the fucking last name Alcantara or Dominguez or Fernandez, and the rest of their families is Rodriguez Dominguez or Fernandez, Perez. and they're no longer Haitian, but they're black. Right. And oh. so these niggas make it to the Major League Baseball, right. you know, with that last name, and right. no one says anything about that. No one. No you know one dares. Yeah, yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> because there's that too. How many, in the years that I live in the Dominican Republic, do you know how many people attempted to sell me a cedula so I could have a Spanish last name? Right, 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 right. But I've always been Graham Pierre Louis, and I'm proud of being Haitian born Graham Pierre Louis. Right, right. So I didn't need a cedula 
to change my last name and shit. If you mm-hmm. can't say Pierre Louis, that's your problem. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Right. And so Absolutely. you go, you you look at Germany, you look at Spain, you look at France, you look at uh, Sweden, most of those countries that are incredibly white. If you look at their athletes representing their countries, oh, are children of black immigrants. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And they fucking win. Yeah, they do. 67% of the French national soccer team is black. Mm-hmm. Children absolutely. of African. Absolutely. With conviction. Yes. Yes. You know. Yes, yes. And then those little Kulikagaos in the Caribbean are complaining about black people representing them. Right. In Los Juegos Panamericanos. I mean. Because they're too black. I can't wrap my head around. You fucking kidding me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a Haitian last name. He shouldn't be representing Dominican Republic. Right. But what what kills me, what kills me is that it was one island at one point. Yeah. They were all mixed together at all yeah. at one point. Yeah. Everybody was the same on the yes. on Life Paniola when it was Life Paniola. Yes. It was the yes. same. Yes. What happened to that? I will tell you the story in, <laughs> on another conversation. But, um, <laughs> but that's story for another yeah, day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to leave it here. And um, this, of course, is going to be a controversial episode. Oh, All of our episodes absolutely. are going to be controversial. Absolutely. And, and yeah. we welcome that. We welcome Because, that. you know, if you're out there, you're the masses, and you identify as Black now and, you know, not later, and we want to hear from you. If you identify as fully Black and, you know, from the Caribbean, or you have another identity, we want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. you. Know. Yeah. yeah, we want to hear from you. We want to know what's going on. What are your thoughts? What do you think? What's your opinion? How do you feel? You know, what are your experiences yeah. being black while living? I mean, you know. Yeah, be re- be respectful. Yeah. You know, absolutely. we're not here. To, we're not not here to take shit from anybody. So right. be respectful. Express your opinion. We'll respect it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. do not go at home in them because we don't. We're not gonna accept that. Right. You know, if you have something to. To contribute to this conversation, fine. Whether is negative or positive, what you have to say, but right. we will not take any comments that are at home in them. Right. Because when you go at home in them, that's because you have nothing to say about the issue. You would rather focus on the people that are speaking. Right. We're not going to accept that. So if you're going to do that, fuck off. You'll be blocked. You'll be <laughs> dismantled. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. 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 Obliterated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can you can find us on uh, the threads actually. But I don't know if you've subscribed to threads uh, already. Instagram just launched the Twitter version of them called Threads. You can find us on Threads. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at Shuka Cuba, right? Shuka Cuba. That's it. And. Me, you will find me as Mr. Puzzetta. That's M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A. Mr. Puzzetta. For now, we're going to say goodbye. We'll see you next week. And we'll have another hot topic for you. Oh, my God, yeah. Because there's a lot, there's a lot to talk in it. Yes, there's a lot. There's a lot we got to get out there. We got to get <laughs> Excellent. So thanks, Merce, as usual, for this convo. And uh, looking forward to another one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right.